What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show, I got to talk to Ryan, aka Ryan Runs a Marathon on Instagram. We talked about Ryan's story and how he went from a 400-pound person to running marathons, lifting weights, and just constantly challenging himself. One thing that really sticks out to me about Ryan's story is he didn't let all the small, minute details of things stand in his way. He didn't know a ton about running, and he just started running. You know, he didn't know a ton about lifting and just started lifting. And I think a lot of people get caught up in these small details. But Ryan's story will, you know, it'll hit home with a lot of people because he, like so many of us, whereas has been overweight since basically being a kid. Um, it, you know, a lot of his family members have been overweight and struggled with obesity. And it's just cool to see how Ryan made such drastic changes in his life, him and his wife both. And now, uh, you know, they're, they're thriving and just living a healthy lifestyle. So I think you guys will enjoy this and be able to, uh, relate with Ryan and his story. So without, um, uh, me talking anymore here it is here's ryan ryan how you doing man i'm doing well thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming on the show we uh have some mutual friends who who told me about you and i went and checked out your your uh instagram social media profile and uh you've done a lot of very impressive work thank you yeah no doubt why don't you give the audience just a little bit of uh, background about you and your journey and kind of the things that you've been through? Well, uh, I guess I was always I was always a fat kid. I mean, growing up, you know, I, I played the, the fat kid sports. I was the lineman on the football team, the heavyweight wrestler, the uh, shot put and discus thrower for the track team. Yeah, you know, I was not in very good shape. I didn't do any of these sports particularly too well. Uh, I was always, you know, one of the last kids to finish in, in the in the after practice sprints and all that. I did go to college. I played Division three football in college. I was an offensive lineman there. Uh, again, kind of the same kind of the same deal. Uh, I was pretty out of shape. One of the slower guys. You know, that was usually the the main feedback I got from the coaching staff was, you know, you, you do, we love everything about you, your work ethic, all this, that, and the other. We just wish you were in better shape. Yeah. You know, they had a goal weight for me. I never actually hit it. Uh, I was about 260, and usually my playing weight was anywhere between 270 and 295 was the highest I got to in college playing football. And I'm a 5'11", if that's any perspective. Yeah. So... As soon as, I, as soon as I stopped playing football my senior year of college, so that fall, it was the fall of 2009, I was probably about 285, 290. And from there, it just, just through doing nothing besides eating and drinking. I graduated that, that May at about 325. And probably about a year after college, I'm on my own. I, don't, I didn't cook well, didn't cook much. So probably about a year after college, I got to about 380. Gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, lost weight, kind of up and down, up and down. I kept coming back to that 380. It's kind of my sweet spot. At one point, I did see 400 to 401 on the scale. I didn't get on the scale that much. So if you told me I was 420 at one point, I'd probably believe it. Uh, 
probably gained, the, <clears throat> excuse me, once I uh, got about 400 pounds, I did start, I, I gained and lost about 50 pounds, more or less 50 pounds it seemed every year or two, I'd lose it and gain it, lose it and gain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that year I was 400, I got down, I actually lost about 110 pounds, got down about 290 in about 11 months and spent the next year putting it all back on. I uh, started running a little bit then, uh, no more than five miles. And then I was, well, I was, I met my wife about a year after college. So I was already about 380 and she had suggested back then that maybe I look into the weight loss surgery. Yeah. And back then I, you know, I'm 22 years old. I'm thinking, Oh, I don't need that. I'm, I'm young. I, I can, I can, I can lose the weight. Yeah. I could, I just couldn't keep it off. So uh, in 2017, at this point in time, my wife, who, who was not a weight loss surgery candidate when we met, I always joked and I kind of fattened her up a little bit. And uh, <laughs> now she's, she's unhappy with herself also. So then in 2017, we, we discussed going through the process for having weight loss surgery. And I had the, uh, the, the sleeve surgery in September of 2017. Awesome. So, you know, you've got a lot of things going on in that story. And one of the things that kind of, you know, stood out to me is like even our stories and and a lot of the people that I've had on the show are very similar. Like you grow up being overweight, you play sports, which uh, being overweight in some of those sports can contribute to your success, such as like football, you know, like I was a lineman, like you were saying, and, you know, being big and having that skill set really, really helps you out. And you kind of become, that kind of becomes your identity. That's what you're good at. And then a lot of people, even like a lot of NFL players that you see, once they stop playing, if they don't change like their nutritional habits, uh, but their exercise and their training, you know, drops off because they're not playing football anymore, they usually either blow up and get a lot heavier or some of them make massive lifestyle changes and lose a lot of weight. Yeah. It's funny. My mother said the exact same thing to me back when I was in college. She said, you know, once you stop playing football, you can't eat like this anymore. Naturally, again, going back to being in your early twenties, no one listens to their mother in their early (laughs) twenties. So I just, uh, okay, mom. Yeah, whatever. She was hundred percent right. But I, I did think, not stop my eating. If anything, it got worse, and I just ballooned right up. But I think now we all kind of wish we would have listened to our mother. Oh, definitely. She's also <laughs> given me the same. She's given me the same speech now about uh, running marathons. Like once you stop running marathons, you can't eat as much as you do now. Yeah, which is true. If if that output goes down significantly, then that's probably going to change the amount of food and types of food and stuff that you consume on a regular basis. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's all a math equation. And a lot of times people don't really think about it like that. It's, you know, cause it is more complicated. Obviously there's calories in versus calories out, but then you have to deal with the mental side of things. You know, you can, you can count your calories and everything, but if you can't stay consistent, you can't stay on that, then, then you kind of fall off. So, where I'm going with this, where I'm going with that is how did you change the mental side of things to 
um, be able to keep the weight off even after your weight loss surgery, because, you know, keeping the weight off was your issue originally and the weight loss surgery doesn't necessarily, um, you know, it's not the easy way after, after you have that surgery, you still have to fix the mental side of things. True. Uh, they, they, they put us in, in, in the, I mean, anybody, I know you've had plenty of people on that have had weight loss surgery and they all probably tell you the same spiel about how you have to go through all the nutrition classes and all these appointments and the psychologists and all this, that, and the other before you can even get surgery. And for me also, I think the, probably the biggest thing mentally has been, I've kind of kept in touch even now over three years out with my weight loss center. I found some people it's actually kind of funny when I, when I started my uh, marathon training in 2019, I got in touch with somebody at the weight loss center who has a specialty in, in bariatrics. She works with, with bariatric people. And then she also has a background in sports nutrition. She used to be a personal trainer and she was the only one in the clinic that could really give me any kind of uh, nutrition advice specifically for marathon training. Hmm. And so we keep in touch fairly regularly. Uh, in fact, actually, my last appointment at my weight loss center, I was I was a little up on, on the scale, on the on the body fat analysis. And she sent me an email. She wasn't even there for the appointment, but she sent me the email asking, hey, what's going on? So I think really for me, it's keeping that keeping that keeping that level of accountability. So I think what always seems to happen is, you know, you, you lose weight, you lose weight, you lose weight. Then you start getting a little comfortable, a little, little too comfortable, a little too comfortable. And that's when the rain slip a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. When I make progress, that's like the biggest times that uh, I slip up is because I'm getting comfortable in what I'm eating. And I'm like, man, I could be like a little bit more loose with this. And that's when the downhill slide starts because I just start piling on. Oh, yeah. I think the other thing for, for me also is I, I never really did too much drastic diet changes you know i never i never went keto i never i never went vegan i didn't do carnivore or any any of the stuff fun stuff you see on the internet i, I just kind of they the weight loss center when we first started the, the pre-op process gave us gave us a specific you know hit this many calories this much protein try to keep carbs under this amount and in the marathon training those numbers changed yeah but so I just try to eat more of a regular human person's diet. <laughs> I completely understand that. And that's, I mean, essentially the kind of diet that I eat right now, I have done those like extreme diets. Um, but right now it's just a normal type of eating, but you're the first person that I've heard say that how they keep in contact with their weight loss center. Like I haven't heard that from a lot of people. So that add, I'm sure that added, um, accountability has really helped you out and plus you have you know like professionals essentially that you can lean on in times of need definitely i one thing about me that's probably different from a lot of the other people you probably have on also i don't google a whole lot of this stuff you, know, you can google how to lose weight, how to, how to do this, how to do that. You'll find three different answers from three different people that are doctors and have three different contradictory statements. So I've kind of blindly just followed the people at my clinic. Yeah, I, just any question I've had, they've, they've had, if they don't know the answer, they, they put me in touch with someone who does. 
And uh, that's, 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 that's kind of been my, that's, that's, that's been my secret is I just, uh, I lean on, I lean on my professionals. Um, it probably helped that, that in, in my marathon training, uh, you know, they're, they're checking on me just as often as I'm checking in with them. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be super, uh, super helpful. But one thing I want to go back to a little bit is, you know, you talked about that you had um, always been the overweight guy. So how did that, you know, how did that happen? For Was that, you know, was it is like genetically your, your family overweight or, or was it just eating habits that you developed or did you have an issue with binge eating or what uh, what led you to be overweight in the first place? Well, I've always kind of joked that I'm a bariatric legacy because I am the fifth person in my family to have weight loss surgery. Well, my grandma, my aunt both had uh, gastric bypass back in the nineties. My mom had gastric bypass in 2000, mid, early to mid two thousands. My dad had the lap band in 2010 and appears to be the only person to ever have success with the lap band. <laughs> uh, and then my wife had gastric bypass uh, six weeks before I had my sleeve. Yeah. So that is, uh, I would definitely say that there's probably some kind of genetic component there. Um, but what did your eating habits look like, you know, before the surgery, as opposed to now? Well, I mean, like I mentioned before, I was on my own at 21. I really didn't cook that much and I'm also an accountant. And so I had my first tax season, my first, you know, go balls to the walls, 50, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. And so it was literally, there were, it was daily. It would be whether it was one lunch, one dinner, fast food and pizza. We had, we had two, two pizza shops in town. In addition to like pizza hut, we had, we had a Burger King and McDonald's and every day I was hitting up one of each and ordering enough to feed a family yeah so that will definitely do it and then uh once you have the weight loss surgery obviously that limits a lot of what you can eat and the amount that you can eat so now you're eating just kind of like uh what what's your nutrition look like now i know you said that it's it's nothing extreme but is that like chicken and rice like a bodybuilder type diet or are you just eating normal type things like what hamburgers and all that kind of stuff. I, mean, I, I pretty much eat a little bit of everything. I, I eat pretty much uh, every meal for the most part has, has meat. Uh, try to incorporate vegetables. That's not always the strongest suit. I try to incorporate some kind of carb, you know, a piece of fruit, some, some bread, maybe some, maybe some rice on occasion, maybe a little bit of pasta here and there. Yeah. And then I eat a lot. And then I, I snack. I eat a lot of nuts. Uh, I, I kind of like eating. I like peanuts and pistachios. And what I kind of do to kind of help slow me, slow my eating down a little bit is I, I buy them in the shells. So I kind of have to slow down to open them, open the nuts in the shells so that I, I otherwise I'd just eat an entire tub of you know, bar nuts and just just go to town. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm actually very, very bad at eating extremely quickly. You know, uh, that's, I just, 
that's always been kind of a bad habit of mine. So doing little things like that or like putting your fork down or after each bite, those kind of things um, oh, yeah. definitely help help me to be more mindful and not just mindlessly consume entire tubs of things. <laughs> so you said earlier that, you know, your secret, one of the things that's made you the most successful so far is your weight loss clinic. With that said, on the flip side of that, what's been the biggest struggle or the hardest thing of your journey? Probably the biggest struggle and the hardest thing is, is even after the surgery, you know, you kind of have to relearn how to eat. And just like you can relearn how to eat well, you can relearn how to eat poorly. So I've learned, you know, I can't eat entire pizzas and multiple Big Macs anymore, but I can still eat a lot of candy. <laughs> yeah. And, and in my office at work, you know, they order snacks and some of the snacks include those party size bags of M&Ms. And I've learned I can still eat a lot of M&Ms in one sitting and I will not stop until my stomach hurts. I think that's, I mean, yeah, I'd say the snacks I know I can eat, you know, the, the, the candy, the chips and all that stuff, that's stuff that, that's, that's my biggest struggle. Uh, if if M&Ms didn't exist, I, I would probably be below a 10% body fat right now. <laughs> M&Ms are not contributing towards your goals, huh? They are not. They're they not. They're very much not. I completely, no. I can completely understand what you're saying. I put on my social media story all the time of uh, just like images of, of people bringing pizza and donuts and all these things to work. And that's, that's definitely one of my biggest vices, man. It's so hard to sit there, look that in the face and say, no, it's easy to do it one day. But you know, this week there was probably four times that people brought in that vendors or something brought in donuts or pizza or whatever. And it's, it's hard to consistently say no. Definitely. So do you have uh, any strategies that you use to, to stay away from that stuff? Probably the biggest thing I, I do, and this is a good suggestion from, from my wife a while back when I was first, first getting into the right, right around the surgery time. Uh, Cause she's been my biggest accountability at home. She's going through the exact same steps I'm going through. She recommended I, I, I I also had my surgery in September. So right before my surgery, a lot of like, I ended up buying a mini fridge. They were on sale because, you know, college kids and all that stuff. So I have a mini fridge under my desk where I basically keep my own food. Now, right now in that fridge is um, rice, vegetables, and some chicken. And maybe a yogurt. I'm not sure if I have a yogurt still. <laughs> but yeah, that gives you uh, healthier options when you know, those things show up, which is exactly what I do. I have my meal prep and whenever everyone else starts eating pizza, I just go ahead and eat my lunch or whatever, even if it's like earlier in the day, just so I'm full and not tempted to, to have all of these other things. That's the other thing too. Don't, don't think I don't partake in some of that sometimes. I mean, the M&Ms are there all the time. That's always going to be a problem, but chances are if someone's bringing in donuts or if it's somebody's birthday, I'll probably still have a little piece of cake. Yeah. And that's okay. As long as you can do that in moderation, right? 
Yeah, so that's the thing. I know I can't do M&Ms in moderation. That's part of just knowing yourself and staying away from the things that uh, you have trouble controlling until you feel like you're ready to deal with that. Pretty much. And it's funny because my wife, my wife can, you know, have, have some, have a snack, have some candy and just have a little bit and leave the rest for later. So she's got a hiding spot in the house of, of her snacks. <laughs> I don't understand those people. You, yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, the only it, thing I can think of is, 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 you know, with, with my running and everything, I, I think I do have a little bit less of a restriction than other, other weight loss surgery people. And then I also think too, having the sleeve, I have a little less restriction than my wife who had a bypass. So maybe stuff just hits her harder and she knows that she's smarter than me. So she knows better about when to stop. <laughs> so I think it's really cool that you and your wife went through this process at the same time. And you were talking earlier that accountability is one of the biggest thing that's made you successful. So what's it been like going through this entire process with your wife? Uh, when we first went in for our consultation, the, the, the nurse there, she looked at both of us and, and told us both, you know, two things. She said, you guys are going to do really well together if you stick with it together. And then she pointed at, at, at she looked at her and said, he's going to lose more weight faster than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened. Uh, but we, we both were very, very successful with through it together. I mean, we kept each other on, 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 on our, you know, we kept each other accountable. We kept each other on. You know, I think she was usually a little bit better, especially in the pre-op process with, with meal planning and different little ideas and, and, and stuff for stuff for meals, stuff for snacks, as opposed to I was probably more into exercising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think together, together worked out really well. I mean, we also, we have dogs. So a lot of our exercise, we do exercise a lot together with walking our dogs and going places where we can take the dogs and stuff like that. Uh, we're on that bringfido.com a lot. I don't know if you've ever heard of that site. It's a good travel travel site if you got dogs. Okay. Um, so one thing that, um, you know, I was kind of thinking about is how much, how different it would be to go through this journey with your significant other, because, you know, a lot of people who have, who get weight loss surgery and then they're, they're struggling kind of with the after effects, their significant other might not understand what they're going through or what they're feeling or, you know, how they feel when they eat or why they have to eat these like small portions and all kinds of stuff. But your wife understands exactly what you're going through. Definitely, because she's going through the same thing, and, and she's probably struggling as far as the restriction goes worse than I am. Yeah, so you guys are just able to do all those things to to help each other further your goals and stuff like that, so I, I think that's pretty cool. Thank you. It's funny, too, because when, when my mother had her surgery, I was a teenager, and kind of going back to the idiocy of your early 20s, teenagers are idiots, too, so yeah. I didn't understand what my mother was going through. You know, yeah. I'd hear my mother drink a soda and say she could only have a half of one. I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with you? How can you only have a half of a half of a half of a Mountain Dew? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but now you've you know learned and and matured and you understand that. So has this process increased your your confidence uh, by losing weight and doing the surgery and just like knowing that you can accomplish these things? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of a lot of things, even in the in the 
you know, even even in the non diet and exercise world, I kind of sometimes now try to take take the thought of you know I've 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 done this, I've done that, I could do damn near anything. <laughs> yeah, losing the weight is very empowering, just because you know that you're in like a small subset of people. Like pretty much everyone I know wishes that they could lose weight, right? Even if it's only 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, like most people that I know would, you know, start their year off with a weight loss for the new year or something, right? But you've done it. Like you've lost a ton of weight and that is an empowering feeling. Oh, it's great. So moving forward, what are your goals from here? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with whether or not the pandemic cooperates. Yep. But uh, I, I I have three races scheduled this year. I have my uh, I was scheduled for the Pittsburgh Marathon in May. That has already gone virtual. Uh, the week before that, I'm I'm running in a seven person relay race around Seneca Lake in upstate New York. It is, uh, it's called the Seneca seven. It's uh, seven people. I think it's a combat. It's combined 77.7 miles. Well, wow. I think my leg is some, something like 10 and change miles, three, uh, three different legs, three to four miles each. And then, um, you know, the fall, that one hasn't gone, the Seneca seven hasn't gone virtual yet, but I'm kind of expecting it to just because the Pittsburgh marathons already gone virtual. And then in October, I am I just signed up actually last this past week for the wine glass marathon in Corning, New York. That's a, that's a sponsored by my, my weight loss clinic. Hmm. And uh, two years ago, they, they sponsored me in the wine glass marathon. So you got a lot of, uh, big goals there a lot of running on the horizon how did you get into how'd you get into running well I, when i gained and lost weight in the past I, i'd always I, i'd done a little bit running here and there uh most i probably ever ran was about five miles i ran a few 5ks you know when i was big i mean i ran my first 5k it was probably 350 pounds wow that's uh, impressive I think part of it too. I had a couple of friends. One of one of my former fat friends from college. Him and his him and his then girlfriend at the time uh, ran a couple half marathons together. Uh, my brother had gone through his own little weight loss, uh, his own weight loss journey. He lost probably about 80, 90 pounds, and then he ran the Chicago marathon. So I just kind of thought, hey, these guys can do this. You know, I, sometimes I just kind of thought at one point, you know, why not me? Yeah. Um, so I started off really slow, like, you know, early 2017, when we're starting to lose, starting to get back on it. You know, I'm walking, just walking the treadmill, maybe for like a half hour, little by little, raise the incline. Then maybe I had a little bit of intervals, jog for a few minutes, walk, jog, walk. Then I start maybe increasing a little bit more going into that summer. I start running more long distance. Uh, and then I, I don't, I don't, I think I don't really know exactly what got me thinking about running specifically long distance races besides just the fact that saying I just to say I can run a half marathon. So uh, in the summer of 2017, I signed up and ran my first half. 
Uh, it was about probably, it was actually, I think it was, I think it was the same, maybe the week before my wife's surgery. I'd have to say, I'd probably about six or seven weeks before I had mine. I, so you were on your, ran your first half marathon before you had the weight loss surgery. Yes. Uh, about, yeah, about a little, little less than two months before. I was probably still, I was still about 275 when I ran it. Well, wow. uh, finished very slowly, uh, probably a little less than three hours. But I can't even imagine that. So I ran my first half marathon at like probably 230 pounds. And I thought that I was going to die. I thought the same thing when I finished. It was one of those things I, I finished. I, I grabbed a bagel and whatever. I sat down and then I just sat there for what felt like two hours. because I just couldn't get back up. <laughs> I know that feeling. I, I just, I didn't feel like my quads uh, worked correctly for like four days after that. Yeah. I just kind of felt broken from the waist down. Like, like, am I going to be able to leave here? Uh, so what brings you back to that? So like mentally after I ran that half marathon, I said, I never want to do this again ever. But there are some people that, you know, feel that way initially that kind of wears off. And then after you know, a week or so they're looking like, what's the next race I can do. That second one is, was, was me to a T because I ran my first half and I thought, Oh my God, this sucks. Then I thought, you know, it really wasn't that bad. So I, 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 the next year that following spring, since then I'd had the surgery and, and you know, I'm six months out, I ran my second half and I ran it like a lot faster. Um, so my first, my first half, I was close to three hours. Second half, I was under two. Uh, and then I kind of thought, well, do I want to try a full marathon? I don't. And really, the only reason I tried a, the biggest reason I think I tried a full marathon was there is, there was. I don't even think they do it anymore. There's a small, small, small race locally. I mean maybe 15 minutes from my house that had a marathon. They had, they offered like a 5k, a, ten, a half marathon, a full marathon. And so I thought maybe I'll just sign up for this, this little one here and see how that works. Um, and I told somebody at the weight loss center that I was thinking about running a, a full, this is in 2018. And then they invite, they asked me that year if uh, the clinic offered to sponsor me in the wine glass marathon in 2018 uh, I looked at the calendar I had a, I already had I was scheduled to be on a cruise that that week so I turned them down and so I, I ran so I, I, I just kind of signed up and I didn't really have any real training that first marathon I just kind of went out and worked out Monday through Friday ran on the weekend ran long distance on the weekend and just just kind of went out and, and, and ran it <laughs> That, that's crazy so you you really did it without any kind of set marathon programming right like you didn't use like couch to marathon or whatever one of those apps is pretty much i i yeah i mean i really didn't have any training i didn't again i i i did actually try to google something and it was just no there's too much information here too much contradictory stuff the general the general pattern though was 
it seemed to be, you know, regular during the week, kind of the equivalent. I mean, I was going to the gym. I was already running two to four miles a day, usually anyway, at this point. So I just kind of did my normal Monday through Friday exercise routine, which consisted of going to the gym and running four miles. There was a four mile trail right near the gym. And then I would, uh, uh, on the weekend, run a little bit farther, you know, run four, eight, 12, 16, 20 miles on the weekends. And then I just, I mean, I did things too that normal, when people that run hear me say what I did, they, they look at me like I have two heads because like the idea, like some things that are, are kind of in the normal marathon runners, like mentality, I didn't know about, uh, like tapering down. I had no idea <laughs> I was supposed to do that. I ran, I ran, tw- I ran 20 miles the week before I ran a marathon. Wow. Uh, yeah, I told my, I told my, my future running trainer that, and she looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, I never even heard of the idea of any kind of like those goo gels or cliff blocks or anything like that until the week before my race. So I tried them for the first time on race day. Hmm. And one thing I heard someone told me after the fact is never try anything new on race day. Yeah, I think that's with anything like competitive, right? You get into the to the norm of what you do every time. And, you know, like they always say, like you practice how you compete. So if you throw something different in there, it can a new stimu- stimulus can just completely throw you off. Yeah, I don't know if that it, I mean, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. The one thing that I that I really like about you and your story is that you just um you just attack whatever it is like you know you might not have all the information you might not have like the most optimal plan there is but you just go after it and you get it done thank you yeah I, again i i really and this kind of goes back to a lot of information you see on the internet it's not all that necessary i don't think i mean there's still a lot of a lot of words and terms i hear about in dieting and exercising that i still don't know what they mean yeah, I feel the exact same way. You see so many people who talk about like, what about this? What about that? Like, is this programming optimal? Should I eat this like certain fruit over this other fruit? And like, it's just, you know, on and on and on. But it's like, those are all like the tiniest little like things to optimize your diet. But like, if you're doing those things, but you aren't in a calorie deficit or you aren't getting enough sleep or you aren't like taking care of yourself, you know, like those things don't even really matter. If you're not, if you're not doing the actual activity, then like those things don't really matter. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've always thought of that stuff more for people, you know, like Tom Brady, Yeah, you know, know, kind of like that and, and, and his crazy freaking diet, but he's also playing at the most elite level of the NFL into his forties. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like the extreme, extreme, extreme is people that are probably, you know, elite athletes that are trying to become top tier athletes, if that makes sense. You know, the, the things that separate someone who's already maybe a bronze medalist from becoming a gold medalist. Exactly. Not something that regular people really need to focus on too much. A lot of times, so many of those people get caught up in those minute details that they, 
it keeps them from starting. They feel overwhelmed with the information and they think that things are so, so complex that they just don't start. You know, it's a lot of it's like weightlifting. People get so overly concerned with the programming they're running and the style of weightlifting they're doing and, you know, how to make increases and how that program should be structured, all this different kind of stuff. And it's like, I, you know, I'm five years in and I still have a super, you know, basic workout routine. I'm not doing any kind of crazy programming or anything. And it's like, all you really need to do is start and then you will figure that stuff out on the way. Like just go and start and get the like most basic plan basically. And then just add complexity as you get more and more comfortable in your sport. True. I also think some, some of the, some things when, when people make things more complex, I always feel like it's more of a preferential thing, not a, I need to do this. Yeah. Just, just kind of preference what, what you, what you like versus what you don't like. Some people would rather squat goblet squats. Some people would rather put weight on their back. Some people would rather do air squats. Yep. So that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about was a lot of people that I see that go down these weight loss journeys, like they pick one or the other. They either start running or they start working out or they start doing, you know, uh, riding a bicycle, whatever. Uh, but you you're kind of very well rounded. I mean, you, uh, are solid on the diet and then plus you have, uh, lifting. I see you on social media, lifting all the time, doing all sorts of different movements and then also the running as well. So what got you, what drew you to that lifting and then combining that with the running? Um, well, I, I think with lifting, I feel like that was probably always just the thing I most felt comfortable with you know, playing football in, in high school and in, in college, you know, I, I was, I wasn't in the greatest shape, but I was usually pretty strong. So I, I think when, and I think it's just one of those things too, at the weight loss center, they, they did preach, you know, everybody should both, you know, do some kind of cardio and, and strength training, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's just walking and, and push-ups, for example. And a lot of it, I think started, when I was really, uh, admittedly, I didn't probably start lifting weights until I probably dropped 70, 80, 90 pounds. I really, I didn't, I probably didn't lift that much. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the reason that I felt like I started lifting a lot at first was uh, just to build some muscle and hope I can tighten up my loose skin. Yeah, which is I, a valid thing. I mean, that's a lot of people to start that way. Yeah, it helps some places. Some places it will never help. Uh, and then I, I, I just, I also feel like I kind of have a little bit of, of, of almost like FOMO, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lifting and then I see people running. I think, oh, I want to go run. And then I'm running a lot and I see people doing a lot of bodybuilding, a lot of lifting stuff. And I'm like, oh, I want to go lift. <laughs> and, and a lot of it too. You know, I, I mentioned that uh, my weight loss clinic turned uh, offered to sponsor me in the Wine West Marathon. Uh, that opportunity came through again in 2019. So when I ran that, and I and I got in touch with one of my trainers who who works the weight loss center has a the, her name is Jess. She has a background in sports nutrition as well as working with the bariatrics. You know, we had a we had a meeting before wine glass last year, and kind of said, "Well, what are you going to do after wine after after the marathon? 
what's your, you know, she's big on planning. What, what's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? And after wine glass, I didn't really have one. So she turned me on to street parking, which is, I, I guess the, it's a husband and wife own the company. I guess they were, they were elite CrossFit athletes. It's like a modified version of, I guess, of the CrossFit that people can do more or less in their own homes. Okay. And so I, I got, so I ran the marathon, I ran wine glass in October of 19. And so I started with street parking a couple of weeks after that. I was working out in my gym and then I kind of really, really liked it. So I, 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 I liked, I liked street parking and I didn't care for my gym. Uh, gym owner was just kind of a jerk. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I got some basic stuff. Uh, we have a local store here that sells barbells and stuff like that. Uh, bought some stuff on Craigslist. And I kind of set up a little a little spot in my basement where I could do these street parking workouts. And they, they have a lot of modifications if you don't have the space for this, the equipment for that. Uh, and I, I always kind of joke now that Jess is also psychic because that all happened in the fall of 2019. And what happened in the spring of 2020? All the gyms shut down. <laughs> yeah. My gym did not. Exactly. My gym didn't either because it's in my garage and I can lift in it whenever I want. Uh, but I do think that's, um, you know, that's one thing that stood out to me whenever I was looking at your social media was, again, going back to this like idea of complexity and people's what they think they need. You know, a lot of people think they need an entire gym with all sorts of machines and everything. And, and from what it looks like on there, like you have you know, some very basic stuff of some barbell or a barbell, some bumper plates, um, a little couple of dumbbells or something, sandbags. And you're, you know, you've done, you've made a lot of progress with just basic equipment essentially. Oh yeah. And in hindsight, I will say I, I just got the bumper plates and the sandbag. Those were Christmas gifts. Gotcha. Uh, and I will say, I don't know if it's just still the fact that it's only February right now and the novelty of still having the new cool stuff. If I had if I had gotten a sandbag before I bought a, a barbell, I don't know if I ever would have bought a barbell. Those sandbags are awesome. <laughs> um, you know the plow box, I I, I built myself. I, I didn't actually buy. I didn't I didn't go out and buy one of those. Uh, Home Depot makes the cuts for you. I'm not a handyman either. All I had to do was really do some gluing and screwing yeah. to make the plow box work. Uh, Still scares me to death though when I jump on that thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, had I had I known the sandbag was going to be as awesome as it is, I don't know if I ever would have the the barbells. Well, I think you're a proof that you don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to have this big complex situation to make progress, right? Like you can have basic gym equipment, you can have just a basic understanding of of running and programming and and make an extreme amount of change and you know there are accountability like sources to fall back on like you have your weight loss clinic other people have instagram and the people that they surround themselves with on that and then you know if you don't have any of that then you have youtube and there's tons of people putting out tons and tons of content you just have to sift through 
the a lot of stuff to find out what you think is best. Oh yeah, and don't and I have I have the Instagram support also. I mean, I've I've found quite a few people, friends, support, uh, a lot of which have been on your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people to, to support support me and I support them back. Uh, and and also, I think most clinics do have this. Again, they're all virtual now, but they they do have a support group. Uh, usually, mine does meets once a month. Uh, I think they've been virtual. I haven't gone to as many virtuals. But we used to go all the time when they were in person, just go out there and it's everybody just, you know, talking about this, that, and the other, what they're struggling with questions about people that are going in for surgery soon. Uh, there's, there's plenty of support out there, plenty of information out there. Uh, yeah, that's a very good option to have. One thing I'm curious about is why you decided to start sharing your journey on social media. Oh, um, that actually, the, the real reason I started my Instagram account was I mentioned before the, the clinic had sponsored me in the wine glass and they wanted me to record myself working out, running, doing other stuff, meal prep and, 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 you know, other healthy lifestyle things for their marketing campaign. And I was having issues sending them videos. Yes. Yeah, so I was, I was, first we were using Dropbox. Well, now my Dropbox is full. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know what? Why don't I try posting these videos on the internet? Uh, I put them on, on Instagram or whatever. And then they you know, send them the link to it. And they can go in and, and, and steal it, pull it off, pull it offline, you know, pull it and, 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 and do that stuff. And probably after a couple of weeks, they told me, you know, that really doesn't work. Instagram quality is actually too low for what they were looking for in the video quality. So I had to go another route. But by then, people, you know, I had some family and some friends that were following me and, and, and liked what I was doing. So I just kind of kept it up. Um, yeah, it's obviously turned into more now. I mean, you've, you've got, you've gathered a, a following and obviously people, a lot of people who really support you. Uh, through Instagram. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That, that people on there, the communities on there have been, have been great. Uh, it's funny. There's, there's kind of a community of people that do street parking, the community of people that run the community of people that, that are, that are on the weight loss journeys. There's usually a degree of intersection between the two, between the three. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a good source of, of inspiration and motivation, even probably a little bit of education. Definitely. Uh, also, too, the, the same trainers I have, you know, I, I kind of joke that I have three coaches. They all they all follow me and they, they have no problem with, you know, shooting me a message if, they, if I'm doing something they don't like. You know, form's not right or, hey, tone it down a little bit kind of deal. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's uh, Ryan underscore runs underscore marathon. That's a very fitting social media name. Yeah. It, it, again, it started <laughs> off as just a, a sending marathon training videos to a weight loss center. So I, I thought I'd make it pretty, pretty basic. All right, man. And so the last question, question I ask everybody, if you could give the listeners one tip to help them on their weight loss journey, what would that be? Well, I, I think kind of talk to a professional. 
you know, find someone you trust and follow what they have to say. I mean, don't, don't, I, look, I'm, all, I'm all for people reaching out to me. Hey, what do you do with this? What do you do with that? But I'm not a running coach. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a doctor. I don't know why your knee hurts while you run. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, find somebody you trust, a professional, not, not, not someone on Instagram, not someone on YouTube, you know, and just, just blind, more or less blindly follow what they have to say. People are professionals for reasons. They have, you know, they have education, they have experience, they have training in, in exactly what you want to do. All right, man. Well, Ryan, thank you again for being on the show. And that is it, folks. That's it for this week's episode of the Hungry for Success podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week with another episode. As always, uh, stay hungry and chase your goals, and we will see you next week.